Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Lamed Zayin, Daf Thirty-Seven of Masech the Sukkah. Um, Daf Lamed Zayin, yeah, some interesting stuff. We talk about um, the Eged, right? How you tie together the Oshina, the the Lulav Adasim and the Aravis. We also get to an interesting machlokas about the materials that you're allowed to use for constructing your sukkah, which is uh, pretty interesting. And then uh, just a number of like assorted halachis about lulav, which is interesting as well. We then get to new Mishnah, which discusses the shaking of the lulav, which of course is also interesting. So, so interesting daf. Now we have a little bit of work to do on daf lamunvav and base. Uh, so we're going to get started over there at the Mishnah. In Ogden Esalulav El Abimino Divir Abihuda says of Yehuda that when you tie together the Oshayna, when you tie together the Lulav, the Adasim, and the Aravis, you have to tie it together. The tie that you use, you can't just use like a rope. You know, you have to use um, part, you know, something that's one of the Dalar Minim. You know, generally we use Kind of like we'll just like hop a, a piece from the from the lulav and then we'll wrap wrap it around the oshayna. So says Rabbi Yehuda that you have to use one of the dalad minim as the wrapper. Rabbi Meir Omer Afilabuchut b'mshicha says Rabbi Meir you can even use a linen thread. Omer Rabbi Meir says Rabbi Meir Maiseban Shiru There was a story, right? So Rabbi Meir says to support his. Opinion that you're allowed to wrap the lulav with whatever you want. That in Jerusalem, the fancy people, they would wrap and tie their lulav with threads of uh, gold. To which they replied to Rameir and says, Yeah, that's true. There were these people who would tie their lulav with gold, but... At the bottom, they would tie it with um, one of the Dalad Minim. So, Kilu, the real Eged was at the bottom with the Dalad Minim, and then the whole gold thing was just for show, it was just to make things look very nice and fancy. But uh, really, the actual Eged for the mitzvah was being done with Bimino, um, one of the Dalad Minim. says the Gemara that Rava says that when we say that you're allowed to tie the Hoshina with the Dalad Minim. Right, right, right. When we say that you tie the Hoshina with the Dalad Minim, so you're even allowed to use Sivan Ikla Didikla Ivy and, um, you know, some wrapper that comes from the trunk of the uh, palm tree, meaning uh, Ivy from the palm tree and also the trunk of the palm tree. Um, the point being, it's not Davka like the Lulav, it could be any part of the palm tree. Vamuravan says, Rav, my time to Rabbi Yehuda. How come Rabbi Yehuda says that you have to use one of the Dalad Minim for the wrapping? Because of course we know that Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that you, you must tie the Oshina, which means that the tying of the Oshina is part of the mitzvah. And if therefore, since the tying is part of the mitzvah, so if you tie it with something that is other than the four Minim, well then you're adding a new element. Which would be Baltosif, right? A violation of Baltosif, right? There's a, right, right. But you're not allowed to add, you're not allowed to add to mitzvahs on your own. And therefore, if the mitzvah is with the four species, you can't tie it with the fifth because you're, then you're adding something which is not supposed to be there. 
And says, Rava, how do I know that ivy and, um, and the, 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 the trunk of the palm tree are considered part of the lulav and therefore that they would be allowed to be used for eget? Because of course, those are not the part of the lulav that you use in like the Hoshina. So how do you know that you're allowed to use that for the eget, those parts of the tree? The Tanis, we learned in the Bryce, the Pasuk says that you'll sit in sukkahs. Sukkahs are called over, Divir Meir. Meir says, look, make a sukkah with whatever you want. We'll sit in a sukkah, build it from whatever you want, see what I care. Interesting. Rabbi says, no, the sukkah has to be built with the Dalad Minim. Now, when we say the sukkah, we're not talking about the walls of the sukkah. We're talking about the schach, right? So Yudah's opinion is that the schach must be from the four species of the lulav. It can't be some other material. And says of Yudah, and this is logical. It's logical to say that the schach must be made from the dalaminim. Lulav, which you only have to take the lulav during the day. There's no mitzvah of lulav at night. During the day, there's a mitzvah. And yet, it's limited to these four things. Sukkah, which is more stringent than lulav, and that sukkah applies not only during the day, but also at night. It's a more stringent mitzvah. It, you know, it, it, it's applied more broadly. So if we're saying that by lulav, which is a more a lighter mitzvah, more lenient mitzvah, in that it's a daytime mitzvah. You don't have to do it at night. Lulav is a daytime mitzvah. And yet, it's, it, it, we're, 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 we have a very specific, um, inst- we have very specific instructions for what species they, it could be. It's these four species and nothing else. Well, then certainly sukkah, which is a more stringent mitzvah, in that not only is it during the day, but it's also at night there's a chiyuv. So certainly it should have this limited, you know, um, very specific species that it can be made from, i.e. the Dalad Minim. Amrullah, they said to Rabbi Yudah, Kodin sha'atadon t'chilos ulach mevusof ulach 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 They said to Rabbi Yudah, they said, wait a second. You know, it sounds very fancy to say, well, let's be stringent by sukkah and say that you have to make it out of the Dalaminim. But guess what? While it might start out as this fancy chumrah, as this fancy stringency, ultimately, it's going to lead to a leniency. Because, because what happens if you don't find enough of the Dalaminim in order to build your schach? So you're going to say, well, I don't have the Dalaminim. I can't build a sukkah. And you're not going to have a sukkah to sit in. Even though, even though, really make her a din, you could make a sukkah out of anything. And therefore, if you can't find the Dalaminim, so make it from whatever you want. Because make her a din, you can make it out of anything. Rebuta, you're being fancy and saying, well, we could be stringent and say it has to be Dalaminim, but guess what happens? In the end, when he doesn't find enough Dalaminim to build his sukkah with, so he's not going to build the sukkah at all. So it's a chumrah that leads to a kula. 
It's a stringency that ultimately leads to a leniency where you're not going to end up sitting in a sukkah at all. So they say, forget it. That's why they argue. They say, don't, 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 don't tell people that they have to make a sukkah out of just the dalad minim. You can make a sukkah from, from, right, from anything, of course, as long as it's, uh, you know, it's not mukhsh, as long as it's uh, not dovish right, as we talked about. And other halachas about schach, but the point is, in terms of the materials that can be used, it's not limited to dal minim. Um, that's what they argue against for Behuda. V'chein be'ezra, Omer, similarly, there's a pasuk in, really say for Nehemiah, it says, Su'ahar, you go out to the mountains, Be'avihu alizayis, v'alei shemen, bring leaves of olives, v'alei shemen, and leaves of olive trees, v'alei hodos, and leaves of, what do you call Myrtle? Hodos, what do you want me to tell you? V'alei tomorrow, and leaves of dates, v'alei etzavis, and also Myrtle, Leaves. I guess branches with leaves. I don't know. To make sukkahs. So we see that, um, you know, for example, right? 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 The, uh, the, the olive branches, that's not the dalad minim. And we're saying you can make a, right? It says lasos sukkahs kakosov to make a sukkah. So we see that you can make a sukkah from anything. Rabbi says that the olive branches were not for the schach, they were for the walls. But uh, when the Pasuk says the uh, myrtle branches and the uh, date uh, branches, that was for the schach. Okay, fine. Say it. Say machlokas. That uh, Tanakama says you can use whatever you want for the schach. Rabbi Yudah says davka the dal minim v'tnan. We learn in the Mishnah. Misachin b'nesorim divr Rabbi Yudah that you're allowed to use planks for schach as we learned according to Rabbi Yudah. Alma Boom. All of that to teach that last line. That Rabbi Yehuda says that you have to use Dalaminim Shebelulav in order to make your sukkah. And we also know that, 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 that Rabbi Yehuda says that you're allowed to use planks for schach. So where do you get a plank from the Dalaminim? When you take your Oshina to Shul, you're not taking a plank with you. So where's there a plank in the Dalaminim? It must be that what it means is that you can use even the root, the, the, the trunk of the tree, the uh, ikra de dikla, and we see that even the sieve and the ikra de dikla is, um, is uh, going to be considered part of the dalaminim shabalulav. If Rabbi Yudah says that you have to construct a sukkah from the dalaminim shabalulav, and he also says that you're allowed to use planks, where are the planks coming from? It's coming from the ikra de dikla. So it must be that the ikra de dikla is considered dalaminim shabalulav. Boom. Alright, there you go. Um, is it really true that Rabbi says that you have to construct the um, sukkah from the Dalai Minim? We have a price that says that if a fellow uses for schach planks of cedar, that are fourth fachim. Divrei Akol Psula. Everyone says it's possible. Ain boyin dalat fachim. But if they're less than fourth fachim, Reb Meir Posel of Reb Yudah Machsher. Reb Meir says says possible. Kila, we said if it was between three and four. Reb Yudah says it's kosher. Umod Reb Meir shmiyesh beneser neser kim lo neser. And Reb Meir and the Brisa continues that Reb Meir says that if there's between each plank the you know like uh, space the same size of the plank shminiach psabinei and uchshera that you put kosher schach in between and it's kosher. New. So what do we see? So we see that Rabbi Yehuda doesn't seem to have an issue with using for schach cedar. 
Cedar is not one of the Dalaminim. And for the Gemara, my eras, Hodos. That when it says in the Pasuk, eh, so when the Bryce says planks of cedar, it, cedar is actually not cedar, it's Hodos. It's Hadassim, which is a Dalaminim. Kidrab Barfuna, Damrab Barfuna, Amri Beirab, they said by the Bismedjist of Rab, Asara Mine Arozmehain, there are ten types of Erezes, Shinamar, as the Pasuk says, Etin Bamidbar Erez, I will place in the desert a cedar, Shita, Vehodas, Vigomer, as well as Shitim, what I guess? Vihadas and Myrtles. We see that, um, Myrtle is actually a type of Erez. So, therefore, we could say that when you, uh, make Schach with the Sikicha, uh, you know, binisarim shel eres. It means um, uh, myrtle planks. Although myrtle isn't really a very planky kind of wood, but I guess uh, I don't know. I guess maybe these planks weren't too wide. I guess no, but they have to be dalat fachim. I don't know. I guess you can get like a big hollow tree that's like dalat fachim. I guess. All right. What do you want me to tell you? So Rameir says that you can use um, even like silk uh, linen threads. All right. Tanya, we learn about. So Rameir says Rameir Maisa biyikire Yerushalayim that there was a story with the very fancy people in Yerushalayim. Shayu ogdinis lulvein begimonil shalzov that they would wrap there that they would tie their lulavs with um, gold threads. Amrulo, they said to Rameir Misham Raya. Are you really going to bring a proof from the story with the, with, with the uh, fancy people in Jerusalem? They would actually um, tie it with one of the Dalaminim below so that there would be Yosef the Mitzvah of Eged with the Dalaminim and then the gold was just Lenoi um, Ba'amu, was just uh, to make it look beautiful. Rabbi said to the people who were in charge of tying up the lulavs for the Reish Gelusa. When you tie up the Oshaina, the, the, the lulav Adasim and the Ravis for the Reish Gelusa, make sure that underneath the place where you tie the Oshaina, there is enough place to chop the hoshaina and hold it, right, Kilu, meaning, um, Rabba, right, so that it won't be a chatzitza, right, but according to Rabba, you have to hold the lulav, the adasim, the aravis in your hand, you can't have anything between your hand and the lulav, adasim, and aravis, and therefore, if you, so therefore, Rabba said to the people who were responsible for tying the hoshaina of the Reish Galusa, that make sure that when you tie the lulav adasim and daravas, you leave enough room underneath the tie so that you could be able to chop the oshaina with your hand without having any chatzitza, without having anything between your hand and the oshaina. Rav Amakol in Oso and Chotzeitz, whereas Rav responds and he says, meh, anything that is to make it more beautiful doesn't make a chatzitza. Right? Because according to Rava, right, um, meaning the Eged isn't necessarily part of the mitzvah, but we say that even according to the Rabbana, because of Zekeli van Veu, you're still gonna, um, tie together the, the Hoshaina. And therefore, says Rava, anything that is to make the mitzvah more beautiful is not gonna be considered a chatzitza, and you can hold it even by the Eged. From Rabban, says Rava, Linkot Inish Hoshaina Besudra. Says Rava, a person should not Chop the Hoshaina by his scarf to be in a because you need it to be a complete 
taking and if you hold it with something in between it's not going to be like you're taking the dalad minim properly because you have something in between so if you take your scarf and wrap it around the oshina and then you hold the scarf or if you take let's say the scarf and put it in your hand and then you know hold the oshina that way but in between your hand and the oshina is the scarf so then that's going to be a problem Whereas Rava says, Meh, if you take something, by means of something else, it's still considered taking it, right? Meaning, if you, um, you know, take in your hand a scarf and then use the scarf to pick up the whole shina, it's okay. You're still, it's still considered like you're picking it up. Says Rava, how do I know that hopping something um, by means of something else is still considered taking. So in this case, chopping the oshina by means of the scarf, that's okay, it would still be considered taking. The Tanan is learning the Mishnah, Ezov kotzer mesapko bechut uvchush v'tova l'mayla v'oches be'ezov umaze. What does this mean? It means um, the, the, the mechatos, right? You, the, the ashes of the paraduma that was mixed together with water, and they would sprinkle that on people who were tamei, who were tmeimes. And says Rashi explains how they would like take this mechatos, this water that was mixed together with the ashes, and they would keep it in in like a tube, in a reed tube. And if they had to go from town to town to sprinkle it on people, so they would transport it in this reed tube. Now, when you sprinkle the mechatos, you take hisip, you take uh, eres, uh, no, you take um, azov, hisip. And you dip it into the mechatas, and then you sprinkle it on the fellow. Now, what happens if the hyssop is too short? And when you stick it into the tube, in order to touch it to the mechatas, it doesn't reach. So, says, so, so, so the Mishnah says that you're allowed to tie a thread to the hyssop, and then dangle the hyssop into the tube until it touches the water, and then pull it out. Okay? So again, so the Tanan Ezov Kotzer, if the hyssop is too short, so that it doesn't reach the water at the bottom of the tube, you could make, you can extend the um, hyssop by tying a, a thread or a um, some kind of a spindle to the hyssop, and then by dangling it, uh, when it's attached by the thread, you dangle it into the, uh, tube, umayla, and then you pull it out, and then you chop the hyssop, umaze, and you sprinkle it on the fellow. Amai, but why does that work? But the Pasuk says, that you have to take, you have to chop the hyssop and dip it into the water. Now, if you're dangling a thread, you're not chopping the hyssop, you're chopping the thread. So, rather, what do we see? We see, that even chopping something, even taking something by means of another thing, in this case, chopping the hyssop by means of the thread, is nonetheless considered chopping, it's considered taking, and therefore that's fine. So we see that also when it comes to lulav, if you chop the lulav but you, uh, by way of your scarf, that you're holding the scarf, and by way of the scarf you're holding the lulav, that's fine. Chopping by way of something else is, is considered chopping. Or um, as Rava says, Okay. Mimai. Fracti Gamara, wait. That's maybe not a good proof. 
Maybe it's different when it comes to the hisip, because since you're at mamish tying the string to the hisip, it's considered like part of the hisip. As opposed to, over here you're not tying the, the scarf to the oshina, you're just hopping the oshina by way, by means of the scarf, but it's not tied to the oshina, it's not part of the oshina. Rather, the proof comes from here. If when you're preparing the mechatas, right, the, you have to mix the ashes together with the water to make the mechatas. So what you do is first you take, you know, like a stone receptacle, as we've learned that we want everything to be made out of stone because we're extra stringent since we have a fellow who's a tvulyom preparing it, whatever it is. Um, or slaughtering the, 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 the uh, or burning the, the, the paraduma. Anyways. So you'd have this stone container and vessel, and then you'd pour water, like the Maim Chaim, into the stone vessel, and then you would pour the ashes on top of that. Now, if the ashes fall out of the tube that it was being contained, and this is, this is also another tube. We had just said a minute ago that they would transport the actual mechatas in tubes, but also the actual ashes were in a tube as well. And we're saying if when you would pour the ash onto the mechatas, so then if, if the ash fell out of the tube, so then it's possible. If it just kind of fell out by accident. Hohipilo, who kosher, but if he intentionally pours the ash from the tube onto the water, that's fine. So I'm not right. So we're saying that kilu. So he's not holding onto the ash directly. He's hopping a tube that has in it ash, and he's pouring out the ash onto the water from the tube. Now, am I? Why is that acceptable? The Torah says that you have to take the ash and put it onto the water. So rather it must be that even though he's not touching the ash directly, he's chopping the tube and from the tube he's dumping it on the water. Nonetheless, chopping the ash by way of the tube is nonetheless considered chopping and, um, and, and so we see that chopping by means of something else is considered chopping and therefore um, even if you Take a, a, a scarf and put it in your hand, and chop the oshina by way of the by means of the scarf. That's going to be considered acceptable, and you can do that according to Ravu. The Amar Rabban says, Rabba lo ladutz inish luva boshina de dilma nasri tarfei vavi chatzitzu. You hear that? Don't first take the hadasim and the aravos and tie them together, and then take the lulav and stup it in, because by stupping it in. You might knock off some of the leaves from the Hadassim and the Aravos, and they'll no longer be connected to the Hadassim and the Arava, and they'll still be stuck in the Hoshina, and they're going to be making a Chatzitza between the Lulav and the Hadassim and the Aravos. So you can have just a bunch of dead leaves that are disconnected and stuck between the, the Lulav and the Hadassim and the Aravos, and we don't want them in there. So again, don't stup the, the Lulav into a, 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 you know, if you already tied together the Adasim and the Aravos, don't then stup the, 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 the Lulav in between them. The Dilmanasri Taifi, because then maybe the leaves of the Adasim and the Aravos are going to fall off. Vahavi Chatzitza, and they're going to be stuck in the Hoshina, and they're going to be making a separation between the different elements, between the Adasim, the Aravos, and the Lulav. Verava Amar min bimino enochotzitz, whereas Rava says, meh, 
if it's all the same, right, right, the same element is not going to make a chatzitza, right? Ke'ilu, uh, uh, the leaves of the adasim and the aravos are not going to be making a separation. If you have epis, I don't know, some other thing that you, that, right, that's in there, that could be a chatzitza, but, but, um, you know, leaves of the Adasim and the Ravos won't make a, can be considered a separation. Vamarabban says, Rabba, Luligo's inish lulva bo shina. If your lulav is too long, right? So you tie together the lulav, the Adasim and the Ravos, but your lulav is too long. Don't just cut the bottom of the lulav when it's still in the Hoshina. Demishtari hutza vavi chatzitza. Right? Because if you cut off the bottom of the lulav, well then, some of the leaves are going to get disconnected, and if they're still in the Oshina, then they're going to be making a separation between the Lulav and the Adasim and the Aravis. Whereas Rava says, meh, since it's all the same elements, it's not going to be considered a separation, right? Meaning, the leaves of the Lulav that are disconnected are not going to be considered a separation, are not going to be considered a separation. From Rabba, it says, Rabba, Hadashomitzvah and says Raba, the Hadasim in the Oshina, you're not allowed to smell them on Sukkot. Whereas the Esrig of your, your right, that you take with the Dalaminim, you are permitted to smell it. My time I'll come because because in general, Hadasim, you smell, right? Here in Eretz Yisrael, they, uh, maybe in other places as well, but here in Eretz Yisrael, Sometimes you go to, to a synagogue and for uh, Havdalah, so, so they will use Hadassim. They smell very, very gewaldic. So since Hadassim in general are for smelling, so when you're setting it aside for your lulav, for your dalad minim, you're basically saying, I'm not going to be using these Hadassim for smelling, I'm using these Hadassim for my dalad minim. So therefore, since you set them aside from being for smelling, you're not allowed, right? You're saying, I'm not using these for smelling, so therefore you're not allowed to smell them on, on, on Yom Tif. Where an esrig is a fruit, and fruits are generally for eating. So when you set it aside for your dalaminim, you're saying, look, I'm not planning to eat this esrig, I'm planning to use it for my dalaminim, but you, you know, but in terms of smelling, you could still smell it, no problem. You didn't say that you're not planning to smell it. You said you indicated that you're not planning to eat it. So you're allowed to smell it. Says Rabba on Shabbos, in general on Shabbos, you're allowed to, you know, go right up to a hodos and smell it. There's no problem there. Whereas on Shabbos, if you go up to an esrig tree, you're not allowed to stick your nose up to it and smell it. My time, how come? Well, since hadasim in general are for smelling, so you're basically going up to the tree, sticking your nose in there, and doing what you're meant to be doing, smelling it. And you're not going to do anything else other than just smell it. So that's fine. But esrig dilachilakoi, but since in general what you're going to do with an esrig is to eat it, well, if you say that you're allowed to smell it, you might end up saying, oh, this is gavadig, let me do the other, th- right, the thing that I would generally do with an esrig, which is to eat it, and you might chop it on Shabbos, and of course, um, you know, removing a fruit from a tree on Shabbos is, is not allowed. So therefore, since the hadas in general is just for smelling, you could smell it on Shabbos, you could just stick your nose up to the hadas tree and smell the, the hadas bush and smell the hadas. Whereas when it comes to the esrig, since uh, estrogim are generally for eating, even though we generally don't really eat estrogim that much, I guess, we, we really 
probably smell it more than we eat it about koponim, since the assumption is that the general uh, use of an esrig outside of the dalaminim, true, there's our general use of the esrig is definitely the dalaminim. Okay, in general, the, I guess outside of the dalaminim, the general use of the esrig would be for eating, so therefore do not stick your nose up to it on Shabbos because you might end up hopping it to eat it. You put the Oshina in your right hand and the Esrig in your left hand. My time, it's because the Oshina is three mitzvahs, the Lulav, the Adasim, and the Aravis, whereas the Esrig is just one mitzvah, the Esrig. How come, even though we're holding the Lulav, the Hadas and Daravos, the Esrik, how come the bracha is specifically on the Lulav? Hold Mikulon. Is it because the Lulav is the tallest of them all? Why don't you just pick up the Esrik higher than everything else and then you can make the bracha on the Esrik instead of the Lulav? So Amale, so Bzrika responds to Rabirmiya, well, since, no, meaning it's not a matter of which one technically you're raising higher than the others. Rather, it is, since as a species, in and of itself, the lulav is the tallest of the bunch. So therefore, you make a bracha on the, uh, that's why the bracha that we make is on the lulav. Interesting. Says the Mishnah, Where would you shake the lulav? Where do we shake the lulav? So we shake the lulav at Hodul Hashem Kito of Kilolom Chazdo, in the Halal, as well, so that is like the, Right, Hodul Hashem Kitov Kilo Mchazdo comes up twice in Halo. Once Kilo in like, uh, was it the beginning of Minah Meitzar? And then once at the end of Halo. So both times when we mention Hodul, when we say Hodul Hashem Kitov Kilo Mchazdo, we shake the Dalminim. Uv'ana Hashem Oshiana, as well as when we say Ana Hashem Oshiana, we shake the Dalminim as well, Divrit Beishila. Uv'eshame Om Sebeshame Af Ana Hashem Atzlichana, that we also Shake the Dalaminim when we say Ona Shematzlichana. Amr Bakiva Tsofa Isi Rabbi Gamliel Rabbi Yoshua says Rabbi Kiva that he witnessed, that he observed Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua, Shikola Amma Yuminain and Slovayan, that the entire nation was shaking the Dalaminim, Behem, Lonainu Elab Ona Shemoshiana, they only shook their Dalaminim when it came to Ona Shem Hoshiana. Very, very interesting. Zakti Gemara. Really, the Gemara. Nainuaman Chashmei. Who said anything about shaking? Right. I mean, the Mishnah jumps right in and says, Where do we shake the lulav? the Gemara. Who says you even have to shake the lulav? Bichlal. That all of a sudden we're jumping in. Where do you shake the lulav? How do we even know you have to shake the lulav? So awesome, Kai. Well, it's continuing from the first mission, the parak that says, Well, the first mission in the parak had said that any lulav that has essentially four tfachim so that you could shake it is kosher. And now we're saying, oh, okay, so you have to shake the lulav, I guess. When do you shake the lulav? Tanan awesome, we learned in, uh, where's this Mishnah? Minachis. That on Shavuos, on the festival of Shavuos, they would offer these two loaves of bread, two loaves of wheat bread. And there would also be two sheep that they would offer on Shavuos. So, so how would you shake these, right? Apparently, you'd have to shake them, right? You would take the Shteh put them on top of the 
sheep of, of the, the Shavuah sheep, and then you would do some kind of a dance. You would put the two loaves of bread on top of the sheep, and then you would like put your hands beneath it, I guess. Umenif and wave. Umolich, umevi, you push these things and you bring these things forward and back. Milo, umor it up and down. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, Ashahuna vashahurim, as the Pasuk says, in the context of Milun, but we learn it whatever, somewhere else, but we learn it out from there, that that which was shaked and that which was lifted. Okay, so you take the, these loaves of bread, you put it on the sheep and you start moving it around. You shake it all about, uh, forward, back, up, down. You bring it forward and backwards to he who the four directions are his. You bring it up and down to, right, 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 to, uh, to, to God, to he who the heavens and the earth belong to him. And in Eretz Yisrael, they explain it in the following way, which is, You bring it forward and back to prevent bad winds. You bring it up and down in order to prevent bad rains. Zosomeris, this says, that even the leftovers of the mitzvah can prevent bad things. Sharei Tnufa Shiari Mitzvah because waving is leftovers of the mitzvah and it prevents bad winds and bad rains. What does this mean? So we learned that Rashi points out actually Gemara that we learned in Masechta Yoma that basically the point is let's say you didn't do this waving when it comes to the Kibse Atzeres, right? Right, right? Let's say you didn't wave it forward and backwards. The, 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 the Corbin still is a good Corbin. Right, so I mean, these are kind of extra things. They're part of the mitzvah. You have to do it. But if you didn't do it, the korban still works. So, so therefore, these are kind of like meta kind of parts of the 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 um, the the korban kilu external. They're part of the mitzvah, but they're not like ma'akev. And yet, these parts of the mitzvah, which might be you know seem like secondary or insignificant, because if you don't do them, the mitzvah still counts anyways. But nonetheless, these parts that you might think are insignificant are important because this is what prevents. The bad winds and the bad uh, rains. Vamaravin says Rav of that the same applies to Lulav. That you do these shakings and you shake it to prevent the bad winds and the bad rains. Ravachabar Yankiv, Mamtile, Umaisile, Ravachabar Yakiv, he would take the um the Dalaminim and he would go forward and, and backwards. Omar he said, and he would say that this is an arrow in the eyes of the Yetzahara of the Sutton. But says the Gemara, you shouldn't really say that because you might make the Yetzirah upset. And if the Yetzirah gets angry, he's going to double down on his efforts to make you do uh, negative things. So therefore, um, the Gemara does not recommend saying um, that this is an arrow in the eye of the Sutton as you shake your Lulav. We began with a new mitzvah that talked about um, tying together your lulav, right? Uh, Reb Yudah says that you need to use one of the part of the dalaminim when you uh, tie together your lulav because he holds that lulav tzarech eged that 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 the tying is inherent is an inherent part of the mitzvah and therefore you have to tie it with the dalaminim because if you introduce a a, 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 a different species it'll be a fifth species which is baltosif that's a problem. Reb Meir says, meh, 
you know, I guess he holds like the Chachamim that, um, or maybe he's part of the Chachamim even, that uh, who says that um, that uh, Lulav doesn't require Eged. And therefore, just tying it together is it's to make it look nice and you can even, you know, you can use whatever you want. And he brings a proof that in Yerushalayim they would even use um, these golden ties uh, to which Rabbi Huda responds and says, yeah, but that was only because they were using the Dalaminim below already. We saw an interesting machlokas between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda about what materials you can use for schach. Rabbi Meir says you can use whatever materials you want, right? And what is it? You could, you could use any material you want to make your sukkah. Whereas Rabbi says, no, it has to be the Dalit Minim. And he uses, he brings the Kavachomer to prove it. To which they said, yeah, but the, your, your Kavachomer starts as a stringency, but ends up being a leniency because then if you don't have Dalit Minim to make your sukkah, you're not going to make it at all. Which of course is a problem. Then we learned all sorts of, um, interesting, uh, like, uh, halachas, right? Rabbah, Suggested that the people who tie the, the, the Oshina for the Rej Gelusa should dafka make sure that they leave an area below to chop it. Whereas Rabbah says, no, you can, you know, don't worry, you can even chop it from the, from the, from the tie, which is mistama, what most of us do, right? Uh, it, anybody who kind of has those, um, those Dalaminim holders, right, that you put the Lulav Adasim and the Rabbos in there, so you're, you're tying it by the holder, that's like Rava who says that it's okay, you know, you can tie it by, you can hold it by the, by, by the, by that, you could hold the, the Hoshina by the, by the holder. Rabbi also said that, um, you know, don't hop your scarf and then hold the lulav that way. Rabbi again says, no, it's fine. You could, you could hold it by means of another thing and that's fine. Rabbi also suggested not to stick in your lulav into the, into between your Hadassim and Rabbos after the fact because you might break off some of the leaves and that'll be a chatzitza. Again, Rabbi says, that no, don't worry about it. If it's the same species, it's not going to be a chatzitza. And we see the same thing also. Rabbi says, don't cut the lula from the bottom of it once it's already in the bundle, because then you're going to have the extra lula leaves being a chatzitza. Again, Rabbi says that don't worry about it. It's not actually a chatzitza, because it's the same species. It's the dalaminim. Rabbi then said that on um, that when you have the dalaminim, you should not smell the hadasim, because you set aside the hadasim to be not for smelling, but for the dalaminim. Whereas the uh, esrog, you are allowed to smell, because esrogim are generally for eating, and therefore when you set it aside, um, you're saying, I'm not going to eat it, but you could still smell it, so that's fine. And Rabbi then points out that also on Shabbos in general, you could stick your head up to a hadas tree and smell it, because since it's generally for smelling, you're just going to smell it and move on. Whereas an esrog tree, for example, on Shabbos, you should not stick your nose up to it and smell it because since it's generally for eating, if you smell it and it smells good, you might then hop it, which is going to be a problem. Rabba says that you hold the hoshina in your right hand and the, and the, and the esrog in your left hand since the hoshina is three mitzvahs and the esrog is only one mitzvah. And then we get up to the Mishnah, which discusses where you shake your lulav. Basilel says that you shake your lulav. Well, first of all, Tanakam says you shake your lulav at Hodul Hashem Kitov Kilom Chazdo, both times that you say it, you shake the lulav. Basilel says that in addition to that, you <clears throat> shake the lulav at Ona Hashem Oshiyana. And Beshame says that in addition to that, you also shake the lulav at Ona Hashem Atzlichano. And then Rabbi Akiva points out that Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua would only um, shake the lulav at Ona Hashem Hoshiyana. Um, and then we said that how come you shake the lulav? It's basically, um, we saw two opinions. Rabbi Yochanan's opinion was, um, you know, forward and back to, to God, who the four directions are his, and up and down to God, who the heaven and earth is his. And we saw this other opinion that, um, 
It's uh, forward and back to prevent bad winds and up and down to prevent bad rains. Chavre, that is Daflam Zainim Sukha. I hope you enjoyed. Cheers.